0: Hello dear listeners, Uh, welcome back to TNS in its more normal form Uh, I've recently done a series on racism which many of you will have seen and listened to if you haven't, then make sure you check it out. It's been done in a super easy, accessible way. Uh, Try to make episodes. I think they're all around 20 minutes or so, uh, so it's, it, it's easy listening. It's not too uh, dense as well. I'm trying to just inspire that uh, that curiosity in yourselves to go and research more around really important topics around you know around race, racism um, issues in this country. Uh, and beyond so make sure you check out uh, those episodes if you haven't yet but as i say this is the return to a more normal form uh, form that maybe you're more accustomed to if you're a long-time listener of tns uh, where i just sort of have chats with people that i think are, are really interesting um, people at uni people who have recently graduated so for this episode i was actually joined by uh, hannah who set up hyber i don't want to give too much away about uh, what hybrid do because uh, that's revealed obviously in this episode we go into a lot of depth but yeah we talk about setting up your own business mainly taking that risk I suppose because um, it is it is a bit risky to do that but it was a really enjoyable chat uh, Hannah gives um, a lot of wisdom I think you know the reason I was excited to get her on the show is You know, she's been she's been working for, I think, close to a year now on this uh, out of uni. And and I know a lot of people uh, that I've spoken to certainly have have toyed with the idea of setting up their own initiatives, their own businesses. So hopefully listening to this can give you that extra push to to go and do that, to go and take the leap almost. Uh, I don't want to be too cliche, (laughs) obviously. Uh, but just a two uh, more uh, quick plugs as well as as always. If you are enjoying um, listening to TNS, then make sure you subscribe or, or follow on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And, and and with Apple Podcasts, so this is if you have a, an iPhone, of course. Then if you could leave us a nice rating on um, Apple Podcasts, that would be great. It really helps us grow in the charts. Uh, which is, of course, the aim of this podcast, try and get our message out to as many people as possible. It takes two minutes, so that would be greatly appreciated. Uh, and the other thing is make sure you go and check out our blog. It's been going for a few weeks now. Um, got a lot more uh, traction than I was ever hoping for at the start. It's a new medium that we've tried to go into Um a lot of guest writers, I'm sure uh, many of you will have seen that on our Instagram. A lot of guest writers writing about personal experiences, topics they find particularly interesting. A lot of young journalists um, within that cohort of writers. So, some really good content. Also, transcripts of, of most episodes are up there as well. There's a bit of everything sport, culture, politics, uh, you take your pick. So, it's www.tnsblog.com. Um, Make sure you go and check that out if you have the time. But without further ado, I bring you today's episode. So today I am joined by Hannah over the lovely virtual world in Zoom from uh, Bristol, I believe, uh, and she's working with with Hyber. So how are you doing, Hannah?
1: Very good, thank you. Thanks for having me on the on the pod.
0: Well, thank you so much for for, for coming on. Um, I know this this whole Zoom. Malarkey. I'm still getting used to Zoom, if I'm honest with you. I'm not sure I'm a fan of it. <laughs> with the slight lag that you get. It's an interesting...
1: I have many business calls where people kind of talk over each other constantly.
0: Could you just tell us a little bit about the company that you set up?
1: Yeah, for sure. So um, I went to university in Bristol. So I graduated in last year in 2019 and i spent like the whole third year endlessly applying for consulting jobs just getting rejections and i mean i really lost the plot i was to be a consultant at a construction construction firm or something like that Impressive. and then i kind of realized and i've been talking to my housemate about the rental process and we, we thought that university is like the best years you alive yet when you think about renting as a student You hate it. You always put like hope that you're going to befriend the hyper-organized type that will just take care of the whole process for you. Whereas like Airbnb, when you pick a house, it's part of the excitement of going away. So we're like, what can we do to change that for the student market? So we launched Hyber in November and Hyber's aim is just kind of connecting students directly to landlords, cutting out the traditional letting agent. So we offer a much cheaper solution for the landlords to get landlords on board and to keep rent prices down. And then we focus on supporting students who really have like no clue what they're doing when they're first renting and just guide them through, help them like avoid fines and yeah, just enjoy the process more.
0: I think that's such a great idea. I mean, we've, we've all had a story, I'm sure, of a dreadful experience um, renting, especially when at universities. So I think you've definitely seen a gap in the market there. Uh, one that will really benefit people. Um, I guess the fir- the first thing I just want to ask is, you know, you're setting up your own thing straight out of uni. That, that's tough. I mean, were you, were you apprehensive to, to sort of set it up or were you 100% determined, like, this is what I want to do?
1: I just got it really in my head. I tried to let it go. I was like, it's ridiculous. I'm 23, 22. Like, what am I doing? But I think, so my sister-in-law started her own business. So I feel like once you know someone who's done it, it kind of like demystifies the whole thing. Or like, actually this is attainable I could do this and yeah I just started writing business plans and getting more and more excited just like this really feels like this this a platform should exist for students during university and I just want to make that
0: so mm. yeah so was the idea sort of born out of a personal experience or a personal issue that you had or was it hearing other stories or reading about other stories
1: yeah, so I went and stood outside the student union for a couple of weeks on doing kind of market research for the business plan and just hearing so endless, endless horror, horror stories. And just like everyone gets really passionate when I tell them about hybrid because they've had a negative experience. Like I know, I know you have as well, just in terms of awful letting agents, just like a lack of communication between students and landlords. And I think it really does come down to a lot of the time, like people are, landlords are good people, but there's just no communication. There's no trust um and I don't think a lot of letting agents really help that so we just want to kind of create a more open transparent approachable platform um improving the dynamic between the two
0: yeah and I think just being recent graduates as well which which you are would really help I think with trust I think students trust other young people other students recent grads you know I feel like I'd be more likely to trust someone who's a similar age I don't know is that maybe that's just me but
1: yeah. A hundred percent. And also just like the aesthetic of like what the platform looks like and like the social, like using social media channels and taking advantage of all that stuff where, you know, Gen Z hang out. Like, I think that that can really help as well because you actually understand your market.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, you just mentioned before you were doing sort of market research. Um, and in terms of like the process of setting up Hi, but is it just you who does it? I mean, how many people are on on the team in terms of launching it all and, and getting it all set up and working on it?
1: So it was me and my um, so my co-founder is my housemate from third year, but he's still finishing his medicine degree, so it's, he's part time and I do it full time. Um, and yeah, the kind of the process was just actually sitting down, writing a business plan, like really simply, like what's the problem, what's the solution, market research, and then choosing a business name and address and setting up a limited company, which generally takes five minutes. Like it's, yeah, it's not as complicated as you might I think.
0: How did you arrive on the name then? That's, a, that's always a good uh, story, I'm sure.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, it, taking, it took so so long because you just get really excited the a name and then the domain is obviously taken. Um, but so Hiber comes from Hibernate and we're thinking like students hibernating, quite cozy, quite safe. Um, and then everything, you know, everything is short and snappy. So we just shortened it to make it hyper. Yeah, no, I,
0: mean, I love the names, to be fair. I mean, I've seen the um, the hashtag that you uh, got going with your recent competition, um, hashtagging Hibernate. I think that's good. I like that a lot. It's inventive. Um, but yeah, I, I just want one other thing that I, you know, just talking about setting up the business, I know a lot of people listening to this right now probably thought about setting something up, but probably terrified of it, um, of, of failing or whatever. Um, were there a lot of barriers that you had to sort of come up against just to... just to? Be- so I know like a lot of people um, listening to this will probably want to set up their own business at some point, but probably been so petrified, you know, scared that it's going to fail. Um, and I suppose the big issue is, is, is this sort of barriers you have to face initially just in the industry you're trying to get into. And... You know, I was wondering, did you have a lot of help at the start, or did you feel people were a little bit hostile in, in that industry to so you setting up something that has obviously found a gap in the market? I mean, yeah. what did you think? About I, mean,
1: that? I don't know if this is like gives me a bad reputation to say this, but it's so fake until you make it. Like, I literally had nothing. I really didn't even have a limited company, but I was calling up landlords and just pitching and just trying to like see whether the kind of concept could sell, whether that they would. I'm like finding out their pain points um, to see how we could build a solution for them. Um, and like my first landlord, I called up, it was actually my university landlord in second year. And he literally went at me, like he was telling me probably for like 20 minutes, how my idea would never work. No landlord would join. Um, how it was a really rubbish idea, but it actually was a blessing in disguise because I was like really shaking off the phone call. I like shaking, like nearly a tear came up my eye, but it was really good because then I sat down and I just worked out like a rebuttal to each of his points and how I could make like the idea more concrete. And then from then on, like most landlords, they might be a bit apprehensive at the beginning because I'm so much cheaper. As you said before, um, that really helps just persuade them to come on board and their whole piece of educating and improving the dynamic and encouraging tenants to be better. Like landlords really like that. So it's actually been, surprisingly, I've had a really good response. Um, But yeah, it's good to get those rejections early because they kind of teach you how to respond to them in the future. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think that's such an important point you touched on at the end. Like, the rejection element of it is the sides that we sort of never enjoy. But it's probably the most important, isn't it? It's how you learn, I suppose, or like, maybe think about shortcomings, that you hadn't really thought of before. I don't know if it's, if it's all a breeze, you know, yeah. getting there and doing it, you don't learn, do you?
1: Yeah, exactly. And, um, and yeah, just about like persevering onwards. I mean, I mean, I was petrified to cold calling at the beginning. I'd literally have to sit in front of the phone for so long to be like, just do it, just do it. It doesn't matter if someone says, no, there's however many hundreds of thousands of landlords out there, if one person doesn't join, it's not the end of the business. You have to just keep on telling yourself that. Um, but one thing I will say also, as I feel like setting up a business, it depends completely on the business of setting up. Like what's good about a platform is that you have relatively low overheads. So it wasn't like, I mean, if we're being completely transparent, I put in 500 pounds of my savings and I got that back. You know, you don't, when it's a tech platform, you're not putting in a lot of money. And I think that's obviously a scary thing for most people, like leaving a job or, you know, not being able like, to you know, am I going to be able to pay the rent? if you have, obviously you have to have savings and you have to have a part-time job at the beginning, but you, with these platforms and with, you know, having so much um, opportunity in terms of website builds and stuff like that, Squarespace, um, it's actually not that expensive, which is hopefully I think is a barrier to entry for a lot of people. And also there's so many grants out there, so many different grants that you can, you can apply for in the UK, which is super helpful.
0: Yeah, I mean that is a, that is a very good point because I think um, from my perspective, outside looking, you sort of expect it to be ex- expensive to set up, and it is that worry you leave a potentially a very stable wage at a job um, to setting up your own thing, where it is far is pretty volatile. I, I'd imagine at the start because you know it's very dependent on the business that you bring in, which is by no means guaranteed. But it's exciting. I bet that's you know that's that's what it's all about, isn't it? Like it's your thing. You have control, um, and it's on you. You know you're not being told what to do necessarily. Um, So I mean, I think it sounds so exciting. And and with the grant thing that you touched on, um, I know that you this is on your website. You said you uh, entered a competition, a new enterprise competition uh, where you came runners up. So could you talk us through that just a tiny bit? What what did that entail?
1: Yeah. So, um, it was a, had to do a rough a kind of answer some questions, um, beginning first application. Second part was a quick, uh, telephone interview. Third part was a 10 page business plan, which was like rewriting my dissertation. Um, and then the final was a pitch, which was meant to be on, in, um, in person to a panel of judges and an audience but it was actually over Zoom because of everything that happened with COVID-19. So it was an over-the-Zoom presentation for 10 minutes and then 10 minutes of questions by a panel of judges who were like scrutinizing the concept. Um, And we were up against like some pretty cool companies, like some guy doing like robotic legs and amputees, um, you know, support, so yeah.
0: So did you say that was over Zoom, that judges uh, (laughs) talking to judges (laughs) who are potentially going to give you money? over zoom yeah. oh yeah. oh god I don't I just hate that you know like you need that sort of interaction in person I always find but obviously you did a, you did a good job um but that I mean that must be great I mean having money from that to, to set you anyway, did that give you confidence in the idea
1: yeah definitely I was I didn't quite realize how much of like yeah the confidence and the idea was really riding on getting a prize from that competition kind of because obviously so much you're like doing by yourself and you need someone to like in a normal job someone will be like well done you're doing really you're doing really well whereas you know i don't really get that so it was that sort of um confirmation i I needed at the stage
0: Mm. Mm. yeah well i mean it is it is a great idea as well but you do need that confidence sometimes rather than just telling yourself this is a good idea Sometimes having that um, (laughs) positivity and and shared view from someone else helps. Um, But just, yeah, I was just going to move this on ever so slightly. So in terms of uh, obviously Hyber is in uh, the student rental market, um, the process of finding properties, I'm interested. So do you get informed by people of the new properties popping up? Or do you have to go and and do that research yourself and sort of be on the ball, be ahead of the game all the time to try and um, uh, sort of have these properties uh, for students?
1: So we either, yeah, as you said, like we either go to students and kind of say, you know, who is your landlord? Do you use a private landlord and you go through a letting agent? And then we try and get their contact details so that we can call them and find out what, they've, um, what difficulties they've had in the past, if they use a letting agent, um, how we can kind of improve their experience as a landlord. Um, or we just go a lot through LinkedIn, um, a lot through going through competitors' websites and getting contact details off them and being like, hey, I see that your property hasn't rented yet using you know, open rent. I have you know, 20 students waiting today. Join me and I'll rent your property out faster. And then you just, they just give you the property. It's kind of how it works.
0: Smart. That's smart. That's the way to do it. Yeah, I just, I, I didn't know. How, you can't just be given properties. That's why I was trying to work it out. <laughs> They're not going to be like, oh, here's a good one. Do you fancy it? Um, it's sort of taking it upon yourself to go and find all of this at, at the start, especially, I'm sure. I mean, is that enjoyable? Do you enjoy doing that?
1: I mean, you spend like hours and hours, you know, data mining for landlord contact details. Um, but yeah, it's obviously amazing when you get a landlord who's got, over 20, 30 properties, um, and who are interested in the concept. Because at the end of the day, that just means that you're providing students with a platform where they can really compare properties and prices and get the best deal, So, and that's what we're, we're all about, so that's good.
0: So, again, on your website, you put um, quite clearly that you're trying to help first-time renters, so look, you know, predominantly first years. Moving into second year, you know, it's a horrible experience renting for the first time, um, which I will only allude to without going into too much detail from uh, personal experience. But um, are you hoping to forge relationships with students so they they rent for the first time through Hyber uh, and you're hoping to uh, help them rent for their time throughout uni and, and possibly beyond? Or, or is it just uh, at that niche of the market where you're helping them um, with the first time of renting?
1: Yeah, so definitely continue that relationship throughout their university years. So kind of get them at that their, their point you described. So get moving out of halls, renting for the first time and then taking that forward for, you know, if they want to do a master's or if they're doing, um, being you know, their medical student doing five, six years. Um, so it's kind of the first year's renting is where, what we focus on. And what we do then is we offer... You know, we offer the connecting students with our low cost portfolio of tradespeople. So if you need a cleaner or electrician plumber, finding the best prices and the best people and all being like transparent about that. Um, offer subletting if properties sit around empty for most of the year, we help people find housemates. We want to like educate students on how to avoid unnecessary fines or maintenance charges. So yeah, there's a lot of different scope that we um
0: and services that we offer students. So like much more of a relationship. I think that's the important thing that It comes from that, it's like, it's not just your standard letting agent like, but here's a property, like, you know, enjoy yourself. It's like, let's help you through this process and let's help you whilst you're living there as well. That's what you're, you're trying to do.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: I like that. I like that a lot. I think that, um, will help a lot of people, especially at the start, you want to feel supported. I mean, it is really overwhelming. Like even now, even though you've been doing it for a few years, you've been renting and moving, like it's still a very overwhelming process Um, and you want to feel supported don't you you want you want to feel supported but you've you've listed off a lot of things that you're aiming to do then so you know you say again that you take less commission compared to you know normal letting agents four percent compared to six to twenty percent and you're offering a wide range of of services i mean is there is there an issue with Making profit. I mean, is there is is that always part of the plan? Is that the long term future that you're going to um, take less commission and, and still offer sort of more services than most letting agents will yeah. for themselves?
1: I think we have to because otherwise we would be we wouldn't be true to you know the brand. Um, it's really important that we keep our costs low because also, we, as I said before, we have really low overheads. We're just a platform. We're not going to have a huge office space with a huge amount of um, labor um, people working for us. So I think where that is, it is sustainable. And also you get extra revenue um, through commission from the, you know, the, the maintenance people that we employ. Um, also get extra revenue um, through the subletting. Um, there's lots of other ways that you can make money whilst not losing sight of what you're trying to do, which is keep rental prices down, offer a wide range of properties and support landlords as well as students.
0: Uh, Was that always the plan or is this something you've been adjusting as you've been um, sort of operating? Or was that always like, yeah, this is what we're gonna do, we're gonna stick to this plan?
1: It, kind of, it does it does kind of change as it um, kind of find the best way of doing things. But the vision is really just to be the platform that students can rely on throughout the university years and offering all the services that they need in one place. Like I spoke to you before about the kind of the marketplace to exchange old textbooks, textbooks be so expensive, um, exchange um, old hoovers, you know, selling out second-hand furniture, anything like that that students need. I think it's good to, rather than using endless Facebook groups, having that all in one place that students can um, can access
0: yeah i mean I, I think that's such a great idea the sense of community um yeah offering more than just being a letting agency i mean i know i would have loved that when i was at uni like at edinburgh if that was a thing i would 100 you know be behind that i would try and get involved with that because again it's trying to reduce that feeling of being overwhelmed by the whole process and if you can I don't know, even like hear, hearing other stories of like, you know, it's other students who have been through this, it makes it mm. so much easier. You feel so much more relaxed about it all, knowing that it's not just you who's getting screwed over <laughs> at some point. Um, so I think that's a great idea. And I, and I wanted to talk more about that um, right at the end of this, uh, you know, talking about what you envision for the future. But just one thing that I, I I guess is an important question and I know people listening will find it of interest is working through this period that we've obviously, we're still kind of in to be honest with you, the, the COVID-19 period, I mean you're a you recently set up um, initiative, however. so I mean how, how, <laughs> how have you dealt with this, this really sort of sudden issue arising only after about five six months of, of being established?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously it was really unsettling um, at the beginning, especially. I know a lot of reports going around being like, no one's going to go to university, student numbers are completely dropping. But in reality, what I could see from my own experience is that a lot of students were messaging us because... They didn't wanna go home because they might have elderly people at home. They wanted to jump from one tenancy to the next. So people actually were interested in you know, moving, um, moving in earlier. There was a lot of people wanting to sublet that we were helping people sublet because they didn't wanna go home or because their properties were empty and they wanted to earn a bit of money because you know, they weren't even living in a student home. Um, and a of, also a lot of people's year abroads were canceled and gap years, You know, why would you go on a gap year when you could go straight to university and you're not even able to go away? So a lot of people were actually last minute looking for accommodation. So we were quite busy um, and we actually I did this quite interesting thing. I um, started hiring t- uh, furloughed people because you have a lot of talented people who have been let go of their, well, not let go of their jobs, but have nothing to do, kind of going stir crazy in, in, indoors, um, really talented and getting 100% or 80% of their pay. So I wasn't able to pay them because you know it's illegal to get another paid job if you're furloughed, but it meant that um, to a lot of people working for Hyber, um, just wanting to, you know, explore a new job um, in a startup. Maybe they wanted to change a career after being furloughed. Um, so it was a really interesting time working with different people um, for free as well. Which how, many, nice. how many
0: people doing that?
1: Um, around four, four people.
0: That's it's nice. Really, really made good. it easier for be uh, yeah. uh, yourself <laughs> rather yeah. than googling everything by yourself. Yeah, having that, having that support. Um, that's great. I mean, that that sounds ideal then, almost because. I guess the worry would be that, um, you know, you set up, you just got going and then you get hit with almost like this sledgehammer blow by, by, by the sort of coronavirus, but it sounds like you've actually come out of it pretty well.
1: I just, it's just all about keeping your, your costs really low and because they're already so low, it didn't have that much of an issue, pausing payments for a while um, and just being really stingy and strategic about that. Um, yeah just spend a lot of time making sure your business plan is really bulletproof if you can kind of um, get through the, um, this then hopefully and then probably another financial crash then I'll be fine
0: we've got to look forward to hopefully not any time in the you know really near future hopefully I'll be a bit down the line but you know if you've got through this there can't be much else that will phase you to be honest especially early on you know in the in the infancy of of your company um yeah i think that's admirable um but are you looking at that sort of business plan again i'm just i'm just this is um for people listening who are even debating setting up their own thing you know with regards to the to the business plan are you you updating that daily especially now is that like looking at it daily and being like "Mm, not sure or is it longer term you're looking at a couple of weeks and you review i mean how do you go about that especially now
1: um, it's quite hard now because we're really busy. So obviously, you, you kind of get very bogged down in the everyday in the we work, like a lot of customer service, like dealing with our, our landlords and students moving tenancies and finding new properties. So, I, but I think it's really, really good And what we, myself and the co-founder, try and do is just step back every now and then and just like make sure we're heading on like hitting the targets that we set out initially to. Um, and also, things you get new ideas every day, and you talk to different people, and you realise. I mean, that's another thing: networking. I saw out before COVID. I was doing like quite a lot of different startup communities around London. That's super helpful. Um, lots of really cool initiatives. Just go, go go for a coffee with different founders, like once a week, um, and then just yeah, telling people what you're doing and listening to their ideas and learning from their experiences really helped.
0: You enjoy networking because I know that I hate it so just like i know you, you feel so awkward at the beginning because well, you both know what you want from each other like it's not a conversation to like genuinely take interest it's it's just literally like i kind of want to tell you about my startup you know yeah. i feel like
1: when it when it was me them going to coffee with me and i was just a 23 year old girl would turn up they would be like they kind of take pity on me and treat me like you know their younger daughter or something so <laughs> I feel like they kind of like it was a very easy relationship.
0: Yeah, you can play into that easily. Be like, yeah, give me more sympathy and loads more ideas, please. No, that sounds that sounds pretty good. I just always find like I've never cracked like the way to go about networking because, you know, <laughs> everyone knows why you why you're there, and really, you just want to be like, let me tell you about what I'm doing. But there's there's an art there's an art to networking. I do think, but um, yeah. it's, it's, it's you
1: yeah. One feels a bit like a lemon at the beginning when you're just standing around with a drink, smiling at people, being like, who am I going to talk to you yeah, next? like, please
0: come and talk to me so I don't have to go and talk to you. <laughs> yeah, mate. Yes. but it's, it's such useful skills, isn't it? From, from a young age, you know, if you get used to it now, um, by the time you're 30, you'll be, a, you'll be a pro. Yeah, like, you'll just be like second nature to you. So it's, it's, it's thinking long-term with it all as well. Like, the networking thing, the more you can do it now... Um, obviously not right now because I think it's impossible to do that. But when there is a sense of normality again, um, trying to just throw yourself out there—you'll have uncomfortable experiences. I mean, I'm sure you've had a few uncomfortable experiences networking. We all have, um, yeah. and it's just using that, isn't it? No, I think it's such a good skill. Um, but before I go off on on the longest tangent in the world about networking, um, I want to I want to talk about the future. Of Hyber, because obviously it sounds like it's an exciting time. You've worked through a difficult time and come out of it well. So, I mean, what's the hope? I know you you mentioned trying to include other services, but um, I know you want to branch out to other cities as well. So, I was hoping could you illuminate the, the plans for Hyber?
1: Yeah, I mean, so if um, if anyone's listening and going to Exeter, Warwick, or Bath next year, ho- hopefully Hyber will be venturing into those cities going to try and stick around uh, around Bristol area um, but yeah definitely want to just scale up into the, all the major UK university cities like Leeds, Manchester, Nottingham. London's quite hard because it's you want to go for cities where there's clear student hubs that there's clear areas where students live in second year and third year um, which makes it a lot easier and I think what's really important within our kind of models that where and whenever we scale we want to have ex-students um, working within our teams who really understand the city from a student's point of view. Of that's super helpful. So, um, yeah, that's just staying close to the student community in that sense and picking good university
0: towns. Mm. And it's it, September is sort of the time you want to, I don't want to say take either to the next level, but, um, yeah, expand its, um, its, yeah, its services? Is that the, the, the aim, September time?
1: So this September we're launching our new website um, and we're still just going to be focusing on Bristol and Gloucester. But next, this this kind of time next year, I'm hoping to go into one or two more cities. I think it's really important to scale at the right time and not get carried away because I wouldn't want to like, you know, lose control, do anything, give anyone a bad experience by um, being too greedy. So yeah. And also like you go on a lot of these general accommodation sites and they say that they're from the, in the whole UK and they have one property in Sheffield, two in Nottingham and like, one in Leeds, and it gives you such a bad experience because yeah, what's the point if you're, you're trying to have a variety of properties to compare?
0: Yeah and you, you want, I think you touched on the most important point which is that sort of quality experience. Word of mouth, um, it's, a, it's a surprisingly um, potent thing. I think, you know, just if people say um, that they've had a good experience using Hyber, uh, uh, and they pass that on, you never know, exponential growth. Uh, we've been hearing a lot about that recently, but it can be the same in business. I, I do think you've got to go for that that quality rather than rather than quantity at the start. Yeah, definitely.
1: definitely.
0: Yeah, well, I think that's so exciting. I mean, one question that I, I do like to ask uh, guests at the end of the show is just so, sort of three things, a bit of advice that you'd give to people in – about setting up their their own their own firm, their own initiative. Do you have three things that you think um, you'd want people to take away and think about?
1: Um, I think using the resources available to you is really important. Like I mentioned the different grants, Prince Trust, Innovators UK, Tata Vasti Pitch. Um, I mean, yeah, please feel free to reach out if you want to hear more of the different grants. So many different resources that are available to you. Secondly, the networking, talking to as many people as you um, as you can about your idea. A lot of people try and keep their ideas close to their chest because they're embarrassed or they're scared of rejection. But that's, like, as I said from that story before, with the landlord—it's like the best thing that can happen to you. Um, and thirdly, oh, I don't want to say anything cliche. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Go for it! Go for it! <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, go for it! Like, don't think there's a lot of there's a lot of reasons you can be like, you can persuade yourself not to do something. Um, but you yeah, but as I'm sure you've had with setting up tns um you there's actually so much short drawing um it can yeah it can go really well so you just may as well go for it
0: no I don't think that's cliche at all I think that's completely uh bang on um I think the longer you wait the more likely you're not going to do it so um just you know back yourself set it up uh, if you really want to do it like you have like I have um and and, and just go from there you know have your plan and uh, and and just maybe tweet it a little bit as you go on but uh yeah look hannah thank you so much for coming on tns today and, and talking about um setting up a new business and it sounds so exciting
1: no thank you so much for having me um yeah i love the naked students great podcast
0: oh <laughs> yeah i really hope you enjoyed that conversation uh, as much as I did, I found it so insightful um, talking about setting up your own business out of uni. You know, so it's a risky thing to do, of course, but so rewarding as I'm sure Hannah made it seem. Uh, I do apologise for the for the slight issues with audio at times uh, in that pod. You know, Zoom is just a medium that i'm still trying to get used to uh, my mic unfortunately kept playing up through some of that but hopefully um it's still easy to hear everything that was being said uh, so as i as i say at the end of the um, episode we're going to be promoting quite a lot of stuff uh, to do with hyper i think it's a great platform uh, on a lot of our social media channels so you can find us on instagram at the naked student underscore You can find us on Twitter at TNS underscore podcasts. And we also have a Facebook page as well, which is just The Naked Student. Uh, So make sure you keep your eyes peeled on that. Uh, And don't hesitate to get in touch with Hannah as well. As she said, um, I think she's got a great insight into setting up your own business, which I'm sure a lot of us will have thought about at some point. It's exciting. It gives you control over what you do. Um, And I think this is a great time to do it whilst you're young. And maybe you can take a couple more risks before you, you know, settle down or or whatever it may be. So, yeah, I hope you you gain some wisdom from that podcast and I'll be checking in again very soon. Lots of content coming your way. Um, So until then, keep doing what you're doing, guys.